right, good evening. That was good, wasn't it? Even though there weren't any words to it, it it gave a uh, good spirit. There's a good spirit about it. And tonight, I'm going to uh, preach on something that I I love, but don't really want to preach on it. Um, That's music. And um, music is one of the most important things in your life. Um, Go to Ephesians chapter 5. Not just that, it's one of the most powerful things. Music is very powerful. And pastor, if I say anything that you don't agree with, please rebuke me right after the service. Um, I just pray that the Lord gives me liberty here. Um, But it's something that... uh, we look at sometimes, and, and we, th- you know, you've, I've heard people say that music is neutral, and it uh, doesn't really matter, you know, what you listen to, and, and, and music is not neutral. There is, there is nothing neutral about music, and uh, if you're not careful, the, you know, what we'll look at some things tonight, the devil could get in there and, and get involved with music and uh, get you out of fellowship with him. Uh, it's more powerful than drugs. Uh, alcohol, sexual immorality, any of that stuff. Music uh, breeds those things, um, but it, it's more powerful than those things. Ephesians chapter 5. Let's go ahead and um, we'll start in verse number 8. For ye were sometimes, dark, uh, for ye were sometimes darkness... But now ye are light in the Lord, walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is, is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, and be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And there's a colon there. He's going to continue what he's about to say how are, you going to be, or how are you going to continue to be filled with the Spirit? It says, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Brother Tom Lynch, will you pray for us tonight? Many may be seated. So music has always and will be a major concern for any person who is trying to live for God. It will always be a major concern. Um, and, and here I'm, I'm reading from uh, what Bevan's Welder says here. It says, this is especially important for teenagers, uh, teenagers because they are constantly being faced with the issue of what kind of music they should listen to. Should they listen to God? Uh, they should, listen to, um, should they listen to good godly music that is spiritual and beneficial for the new man or what appeals to their flesh and is popular by society's standard? Um, so here we'll, we'll start off. Um, and, and a lot of times you say, well, the Bible doesn't say what kind of music you should listen to. And uh, to that I say, you haven't been reading your Bible. Amen. Um, there's all, you know, it might not tell you a, a style. It might not tell you what group to listen to or what not to listen to in that sense. But there's so many things that the, this, could, this study could go out for weeks and weeks and weeks if you really studied what the Bible has to say about the subject. Um, But here, we'll go ahead and we'll just look at the origin of music first. Um, Go go to uh, Job chapter 38, and we'll be in a lot of scripture tonight, because the Bible has a lot to say about music, amen? Job chapter 38, the original purpose of music was to praise God. It was, the original purpose was to praise God. All three songs that pastor sang tonight, oh, worship the king. You know, it says, O tell of his love, O sing of his, sing of his grace, or sing of his praise, but, and then uh, O for a thousand tongues to sing. Um, singing is very important, especially in a church service. 
uh, it's your, your opportunity to sing before the Lord and worship Him in song. And uh, it, creates, it creates a spirit. It creates an atmosphere um, to worship. Um, Job chapter number 38 Job chapter 38, if I could get there just a moment. All right, look at verse number 4. And uh, this is the Lord talking to Job here. And he said, Where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare, if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest? Or who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Or who shut up uh, the sea with the doors when it break forth as if it had issue out of the womb? So the original, when you, when you look at music, this is going on before the foundation of the world. The morning stars were singing together. And they were singing praises unto God. And that, that should be the, the, the whole reason that we sing is to praise God, amen, and to worship God. Um, and, and note that the, the creation of the earth is in context, and the morning stars sang together, the sons of God shouted for joy. Um, in Revelation 14, um, go ahead and, and go there, Revelation 14. So before creation, before the foundations of the world, there was music. At the end of everything, there's going to be music too. Go ahead and we'll look at uh, Revelation 14, 2 to 4. Actually, just verse 2 here, it says, And I heard a voice from uh, heaven, as the voice of many waters, as the voice of great thunder. And I heard the voice of the harpers harping with their harps. And they sung, as it were, a new song before the throne. I can't wait to hear that. Amen? You hear that new song. Um, before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders, and no man could learn that song but the hundred and forty and four thousand which were redeemed from the earth. Um, go over to uh, Revelation uh, 15. Revelation 15, it says, uh, verse number three, And they sang the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous, are thy works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. You notice that the, all these songs, it's bringing praise to God. It's lifting God up. It's not, it's not singing about themselves. It's not singing about anything else but Jesus Christ and God Almighty and what he's done for them. Um, go, go over to uh, Ezekiel chapter 28. Ezekiel chapter 28. Now this is really important to note here when you read about Lucifer because he has a lot to do with music. The devil has a lot to do with music. It says here in Ezekiel chapter 28 in verse number 13 it says, Thou, thou hast been in Eden the garden of God, and every precious stone was I covering, the sard uh, sardius, topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the on onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold, the workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy pipes was prepared for thee. It doesn't say that. It says it was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. Lucifer was a musical being. I've heard uh, a lot of preachers say that he was the choir director up in heaven. Um, you know, it, it, he had, he had, it says that those things were created in him when he was created. Um, and then Genesis chapter 4 and verse 21. Genesis chapter 4. So in that passage in Ezekiel, we see the tabrets and pipes that were created in him. A tabret would be a, like a small drum, be a percussion instrument. We have the pipe, uh, pipes and wind instruments as well. 
Um, so Satan from the be very beginning is associated with music, and you can be sure that if he was connected with good music before he sinned and fell, he would be connected with bad music after his fall. He's connected with that. And this is the uh, first mention of, of uh, musical instruments or music uh, musicians in the Bible here. In uh, Genesis chapter 4, this is after creation. Um, verse number 21 says, And his brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all such as handle the harp and the organ. We see the first human connected with music. It, it, that's uh, Jubal. He was one of Cain's descendants. So right, off, right, off the box, or right out of the box, we see something negative about it. If he, if he came from Cain, uh, we could be sure that, that uh, his connection with music isn't going to be godly. Um, and then so we'll, we'll look at some um, bad music throughout the Bible first. So we got the origin of it. We know where it came from. We know um, that the devil was associated with music from the very beginning. Uh, it was created, those instruments were created in him. You, you, you hear the, you know, it says the pipes. Um, you know, you hear a good singer, sometimes you say, ah, that, that guy has a good set of pipes, right? You say, you know, th that guy could sing really well. And, and uh, you know, that, that's what, it, what is associated with that, you know, the pipe organ um, or vocal or, or things like that. Um, but bad music throughout the Bible. Um, he says here, many do not see anything wrong with rock, pop, um, alternative, country, or any other form of worldly music, um, but that is because they do not see the source behind the music, and that is Satan. Satan's behind those things. Um, there was, uh, me, and, me and Brother Travis went to a, uh, it was an indoor bluegrass festival, and we stayed, it was from 10 o'clock all the way through uh, 10 o'clock, I believe it was, <laughs> and we stayed there the whole day. There was, there was great music there. And the last group that we, we saw, um, they, were, they started to sing a couple of, of songs. I think they were called like the Appalachian something. Railroad. Yeah, Railroad or something like that. And they started singing a song, um, The Devil, uh, what was that? Um, something about the devil. It was just, it was pretty creepy. And uh, me and Travis, after the second song they sang, you know, talking about uh, soul being lost in hell and, and all sorts of weird things. And the music, it was just very eerie, just very, uh, it, there was something about it. it. It created a spirit. And uh, me and Travis just, we're, all right, we're leaving. <laughs> it's, it's late as it is. But, um, but music, music has an effect on you, and you could tell when the devil's behind music. And, uh, just, you know, not to say that, you know, Bluegrass music is wrong and all this. I'm not, I'm not here to point out groups and point out different things like that tonight. Um, there was one time we had someone come through and, and did a good study on music, and there were some things that I disagreed with uh, personally. And uh, it was funny because they, this person was talking about classical music, you know, and, and classical music is, is great, and I, I think that's the closest thing that we have to godly music. But it was funny because we went to work out the next day uh, me and my brother, and I think it was Brother Travis, we went over to Joe's garage, and there was some classical music playing. <laughs> and if you ever worked out before, you know that classical music is the best music to listen to when you're working out. But it was funny just listening to uh, Handel's Messiah just <laughs> lifting weights. Um, but it, it just didn't fit. But it, was, it, but it, bo it bothered us so much. It's like, oh, man, everything we listen to, is, it's wrong, Right? So, so sometimes you, you've got to have a good balance with those things. Um, you know, after that whole study, I was, I was questioning everything that I've ever played. And it was just like, man, am I doing this wrong? And, and you've you got to take things with a grain of salt. What does the Bible say about it? Because, um, like I said tonight, I'm going to have opinions, right? It's, it's, it's okay to have opinions. But, um, but I want to show you some things out of the Bible, those are the things that we should listen to, not, not just what I think about it. Um, but here, uh, we, do, we don't realize the source behind it. Um, you know, why, why do you think that uh, people like to listen to depressing music when they're sad? Right? Have you ever been, have you ever been uh, lonely or sad or just have a, have a feeling of just, just emotion there that you're, you're just feeling down in the dumps and uh, maybe the devil will, will whisper a song into your ear? And you'll start to listen to that to just kind of self-soothe in that sadness, right? Um, you know, and then uh, there's, there's people that, that do uh, 
debaucherous things at rock concerts that, that I won't even mention. Um, you know, it's, it's the music that gets them to do that, right? It's the music that gets, gets uh, someone to, you know, women to take off their clothes and do all sorts of stupid things at, at those rock concerts and, and uh, rap and, and all sorts of whatever it is. I, I just watched a, um, watched a video. It really bothered me. Um, it was some rapper. I don't, I don't know who, I don't know who it was, but, um, they, they had him, uh, the video was at this nightclub and this rapper died. I, I, again, I don't remember his name, but they had his body taken to that nightclub and they opened up his eyes and they, they basically just set him right up in the front of that nightclub. And, uh, that that's something I never want to see again. <laughs> but you you listen. But it, you know there, there's a camera that just panned around. There's there's little girls at the front of that just just staring at that body. And um, then you start to listen. You listen to what music is playing, and it just it was just evil. It was it was so evil, and it, it was so wicked. And it just made me think like that, that kind of music and that kind of lifestyle that that rapper had, it produced what happened at his funeral, right? It produced what, what went on at that funeral and that music, uh, you know, you get, you get so used to, you know, if you never, I would never look up lyrics to rap songs from anyone, but I'm sure a lot of it has to do with death and killing and murder and all sorts of uh, wicked things. Um, but it, it gets you numb to sin, Music, will, music can get you numb, uh, spiritually numb to, to things that God would have you, uh, have you not do. Um, so you, you got to watch that. Um, same thing, you know, music affects our, our moods and actions, and Satan will use this to his advantage every time. Um, we'll go ahead, and there's a, a few verses here that we'll go over. Um, and the following list will show examples of music being associated with bad things throughout the Word of God. Exodus chapter 32. And I hope this is a help to you tonight, going through some of these things. Exodus chapter 32. And we'll look at verse number one here. This is when Moses was uh, up on the mountain. He was getting the uh, Ten Commandments from the Lord and, and getting a direction from God. And in verse number one, it says that in, in when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down off the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up, make us gods which, which shall go before us. For uh, as for this Moses, the man that was up out of the land of Egypt, we wot uh, not that he is be what is become of him. And Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of uh, your wives and your sons and of your daughters, and bring them unto me. And the people break off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them at their hand and uh, fashioned it with a graving tool, and he made it a molten, uh, made it a molten calf. And they said, these be, uh, these be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early on the morrow and offered uh, burnt offerings and brought peace offerings, and the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. And the Lord said unto Moses, Get thee down, for the people which thou broughtest up out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. And they have made themselves a molten calf and worshipped it and, and have sacrificed thereunto and said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now therefore let me alone that my wrath may wax hot against them, and that I may consume them, and I will make thee a great nation. And Moses uh, besought the Lord his God and said, Lord, why doth thou thy wrath wax hot against thy people, which has brought forth uh, out of which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Wherefore um, should the Egyptians speak and say for mischief? Uh, did he bring them out to slay them uh, in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? 
turn from thy fierce wrath and repent of this evil against my people. Um, and then in verse 14, after he's pleading with them, it says, And the Lord repented of the evil which he sought to do unto his people. It says in verse 15, when, um, And Moses turned and went down from the mount, and the two, uh, two tables of the testimony were in his hand, and the tables were written on both, both their sides, one on one side and the other uh, were they written. And the tables, uh, tables were the work of God, and the writing was the writing of God graven upon the tables. And it says here, And Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted. He said unto Moses, There is a noise of war in the camp. And he said, It is not the voice of them that shout for mastery, neither is it the voice of them that doth cry, uh, that cry for being overcome, but the noise of them that sing do I hear. And in that passage, uh, first of all, the, the children of Israel are are uh, impatient. They're not willing. They didn't want to wait on God. They didn't want to wait uh, for Moses. And they got, they got impatient and they started to try to figure out what they, what they wanted to do. Um, and they just said, hey, Aaron, go ahead and get us, uh, make us a God. And um, it says here that they, they started to uh, you know, play um, music and they started to, um, uh, they, they got that calf and they brought it up and they started to worship that calf. Um, but here in, in verse number, go ahead and look at verse number 25. So there's not just, so when, when Joshua was talking to, to Moses, he couldn't decipher that that was music being sung, right? He, he thought it was the noise of war. And uh, you think of a lot of rock groups and rock concerts and, and that type of music, it's just a bunch of loud noise. And Moses knew, he's like, no, that, that's, that's not war going on, that's, that's music. They're, they're singing. But in verse uh, 25, it says, um, And when Moses saw that the people were naked, and there, there's that uh, that comes up again. It, it, it caught, that music um, created a worship atmosphere, and they weren't worshiping the true God, though. Um, it says, For Aaron had made the people naked unto their shame among their enemies. Um, so note that the people are singing and dancing, and they're naked. And um, and go go over to uh, go over to Job chapter twenty one. Music is powerful. Music is powerful. You got to be careful because sometimes we say, "Well, I don't, I don't listen to rock music, and I don't listen to this, and I don't listen to that," and and we kind of get uh, to justifying certain things in our mind. But if you're not careful. Uh, the devil could sneak in in other avenues of music, and it doesn't have to be just some kind of loud rock music that everyone knows, okay, that, that, that's wrong. Um, it doesn't have to be like that. Uh, but Job chapter 21, and uh, verse, number, uh, verse number 10, says, Their, their bull gendereth and uh, faileth not, their cow calveth, uh, calveth and casteth not her calf. They send forth their little ones like a flock, and their children dance. They take the timbrel and the harp and rejoice at the sound of the organ. They spend their days in wealth, and in a moment go down to the grave. Therefore they say unto God, Depart from us, for we desire not the knowledge of thy ways." Here we see a group of people that it says who dance and they rejoice at the sound of the organ and also take the timbrel and the harp. And at the very end, it says that they don't want anything to do with God after that. There, there's music out there that will get you, that it breeds atheism. There's music out there that if you, you, know, you combine the type of music that it is with the lyrics, um, you know, look at, look at um, the Columbine shootings. If you ever study the Columbine uh, shootings back in the day, those, um, those guys that committed those crimes were listening to music that literally was telling them to go up and shoot up schools. The music was doing that. You say, you know, it'll never get me to do that. It, it can. Music can do that. If you listen, if you get enough of that inside of you, you'll eventually uh, succumb to those uh, the influences that the music has. 
And, and I've, I read those lyrics um, that those guys were listening to, and it, it literally told them to, to kill. Um, and, it, you know, you listen to just the music, it just, it just sounds really wicked, really evil, and you, you would, wouldn't really want to listen to it. Um, but those guys got a hold of it, and uh, it, it caused them to, you know, made them do those things because the devil's involved in that stuff. Demon possession's involved in that stuff. You've got to be careful with music. Um, but here in Job 21, they, they, uh, they rejoice with the sound of the organ and, and the way that those things were played. It, it's not all the music, but the music had a huge influence in them uh, telling God, you know, we don't want anything to do with you. And there's music out there that will do that. Um, Daniel, go to Daniel chapter 3. Music is associated with worship, Right? But it doesn't mean you're worshiping God, but it will create a, a form of worship. Daniel chapter number three. <clears throat> and this is a Nebuchadnezzar when he made the image of gold. And he's wanting, um, wanting the people when, to, to bow down to that image and worship that image. And he, he said here in verse number 5, he said, uh, At that time when you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, paltry, uh, psaltery, uh, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king hath set up. Verse number seven, therefore at that time when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and all, uh, all kinds of music, all the people, the nations, and the languages. See, uh, music is a universal language. Music isn't just one language. You, you could get a certain feeling um, from, from listening to music no matter what nationality you are. The nations and the languages fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar, the king, had set up, verse number 15. Now, if ye be ready that at that time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made well, but if ye worship not, ye should be cast into the same hour, into the midst of the burning fire, uh, fiery furnace, and who is God that shall deliver you out of my hands? So here there's, there's a type of mu music associated with worship. When the people heard those things, when the people, uh, it, it created, there was a certain sound that it made, and it, and it gave you the, the feeling of, hey, I need to worship this image that the king set up. And um, the music that we hear in church, it should get you um, into a, a spiritual mindset of, I need to worship God. I need to draw closer to God. That's exactly what we do. That's why we have congregational music. That's why we have special music here. And that's why it's so important that even the, the musicians that are here um, realize that it is important how we, how we conduct ourselves and how we play and how we sing because it creates a spirit. It, creates, uh, it can create an emotion. Um, and here it created an emotion of, of uh, worship. Um, and then Amos uh, 6, 5 through 6, we don't have to turn there. Um, Israel uh, uses uh, music there, but not to worship God. Um, and then here, you know, we went through most of the, the bad music in the Bible. Um, we'll go ahead and look at some good music. And we already established that uh, music was originally created for praising and worshiping God. And um, therefore, in the Bible, you will see some times where music was used for that purpose. Um, go to Exodus chapter 15. Are you starting to see how important music is in your life? Amen. Exodus chapter 15. This is the first mention of music, if you're going through the Bible chronologically. The first music, uh, mention of music here in verse uh, 15, verse 1, says, Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. 
The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him in habitation. My Father is God, and I will exalt him. That's, that's, the, main re- that's the main reason we have hymn books right here. Every, the first song that you guys sang tonight, Oh, worship the King. Tell of the things that he's done for you. And, and, and a lot of times we tell of those things by music. We, we tell those things by singing unto the Lord. Uh, the, the song, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation, so rich and free. I, I think that you could lead someone to the Lord from a hymn book. Amen? Because there's so much truth behind it. There's so much Bible behind it. It's not just the music. It's, it's the, mu- the music ought to complement the words and the lyrics. Um, You've got to be really careful with that. Um, Exodus 15, 20, uh, 1 and 2, we read that. Um, they're, they're singing about when God brought them out of Egypt. A lot of times we sing songs that, you know, I'm, I praise God I'm not going to hell. Thank God that he saved me. He's brought me up out of a horrible pit. Um, all those things. Um, 2 Samuel chapter um, 6, verses 14 and 15. You don't have to turn there for sake of time. Um, but David and Israel sing and dance before the Lord, and that was a, a pure dance. It wasn't um, what you would consider dancing today. Um, but David and Israel sing and dance before the Lord in regards to the return of the ark. In, um, in 1 Chronicles 16, uh, 4 through 7, David assigns a choir for the worship and praising of God. Um, we already read in Revelation 14 and 15, um, we have the proper mu- music for worshiping God in heaven. And, and that's one of the things that, you know, uh, the first thing that you should be looking forward to for going, when you're going to heaven is to see Jesus Christ and to see the one that died for you and uh, that saved you. But another, uh, there's, there's so many reasons I want to go to heaven. A, a, lot, a big reason is the music there. You ever think about that? You ever think, you know, th- there was, um, Jesse bought me a, uh, um, some headphones. I forget what brand they are. Um, she bought me some headphones for, uh, I think it was my birthday. Um, and I remember putting them on there, noise-canceling headphones. And I, I put, it, put it in there, and I, I, the song that I played was, He'll Hold to My Hand. Um, I forget who, I think it's the inspirations that sing the song. And I began to tear up because I, I put those headphones in and it canceled all, the, all that out. And it just was pure harmony and just pure music being played. And man, it, it does something for me. It ought to do something for you too. You say, I'm not, I'm not a musician. Um, music doesn't affect me. It, it does. It doesn't matter if you're a musician or not. Music affects everyone. Um, but I just remember just, man, I, if, if, it's this, if it could get this good here on earth, just imagine the singing um, that will be up in glory. And um, that'll be a good time. Um, Matthew 26, 30, um, J- Jesus has his disciples sing a hymn before they go to the garden to pray. And it, it's an amazing thing when you consider that so many churches are getting rid of hymnals. A lot of churches, they're, they're getting rid of um, those things and going to more... Um, chorusy style songs, uh, uh, things that they project onto a screen, and and we make fun of the bouncy ball a lot, and you know, follow the bouncy ball with the with the lyrics. But I, I've been to contemporary Christian churches, and that's exactly what's going on at those churches. Um, they have those Seven Eleven songs, and you know, the Seven Eleven, you sing the same words, seven words, eleven times, <laughs> and um, you know, it has it has no meaning to it, um, but. Those, it's creating a worship service, and just like they did in the book of Exodus with that golden calf, that music is, is setting a mood. It's setting a tone for worship, and they're, it's idolatry at those churches because they're not worshiping God, and they, but it gives you the feeling that you've worshiped something after you listen to it. Um, I took Jesse to see um, a really known, well-known group, the Piano Guys, um, I took her for, for Christmas to um, one year to go see him, and I was sitting. It was a huge theater, and I remember when they came out and they played the first song. It's a it's just a piano and a cello, and they they played that so flawlessly and so professionally. And I remember I I nudged Jesse and I showed her my arm. I was getting goosebumps from it, and you know I don't know why, but I began to cry a little bit too, because the music had that much power to it. And, um, you know, and, and after, afterwards, 
I know that that feeling that I got, that, that feeling of just, man, it just it was bubbling up and just a lot of joy bubbling up. I know, it wasn't God, though. I, it, and I, I'm not saying that it was evil either, but it had an effect on me emotionally. So that's why you got to be really careful with what you put into your ears. Um, but, and that's, that's what I think happens at a lot of contemporary Christian churches. And then things that we listen to on a daily, ba- you know, on daily basis, if we're not careful as well, because you could you could confuse a feeling for oh I've I've worshipped God or God showed up because I got an emotional response from music, and that's not the case all the time. Depends on what what music it is. Um, so we have here um, those were some some instances of good music in the Bible, and now we have uh, music for the church age. Um, and we read that in, in Ephesians 5 already. Um, go over to Colossians 3. <clears throat> Colossians chapter 3. So you already read, uh, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Colossians 3 and um, verse number 16 says, uh, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. And then there's that, there's that uh, semicolon again. How are you going to let the word of Christ dwell in you richly? teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Um, you say, well, how is singing going uh, to teach me something? If, if, you're, if you're listening to contemporary music or some kind of music that has not a, doesn't really have a whole lot of meaning to it, you might not get taught anything. But you, you sing these psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, it's going to teach you something. It contains, these hymn books contain the very word of God. Um, and, and those, you could teach each other. You could edify one another. It says it, admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Um, and then you look um, at all those things that it talks about in instructions concerning, concerning our two natures here in verse number eight, putting off all, all of these anger, wrath, malice, and all those, all those things. And, and I believe a lot of that has to do with the music that you listen to. That, that will get you in the right frame of mind that you need to be in on a daily basis. Um, so we have psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So the psalms are obviously the psalms that are found in the book of Psalms, in the Bible. Um, you know, and, and it's a blessing when you hear people sing out of the book of Psalms. Um, I don't know if you ever heard, heard people do that. And there's a song we sing. Um, with, the, with the young kids sometimes, search me, O God, and know my heart, try me and know my thoughts, and um, there's a little melody that goes along with it, and um, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever, I will sing. Um, and it, singing from the Psalms is a beautiful thing. Um, then there's hymns, and, and that's what we have here, uh, you know, found in our hymnals. Um, and a hymn usually has good scriptural uh, application and many times could even be preached. Um, you know, we already discussed that, that a lot of churches are, that the devil's getting into, he's getting those hymns out. And I've, I've heard it preached before, and I believe this, that um, the apostasy or the falling away of, of a church, even if it's a good church, the first thing to go will be its music. You ever notice that? Um, you, you wonder how a church could fall? You know, how a, a doctrinally sound church could fall? Uh, they, they replaced their music with something that was more appealing to the flesh. And uh, that's exactly how you could fall uh, personally if you're not careful. Um, so, you, so we have hymns. Then we have spiritual songs that appeal to the spirit and not the flesh or the sensual uh, side of man. Um, and they should play, be played on an instrument that will give a spiritual sound and not a worldly or fleshly sound and beat. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot of times the beat that makes, uh, makes it spiritual. Um, so now uh, let's go ahead and... Let's turn to uh, 1 Samuel chapter 15. (laughs) 
1 Samuel uh, chapter 15. Let's see here. Oh, I'm in 2 Samuel. That's why it doesn't make any sense to me. 1 Samuel chapter 15. Um, in, in Christianity, our Christianity shouldn't be based off a, a feeling or emotion. Amen? Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean that you, you won't feel things at certain times, right? It doesn't mean that you'll, you'll, you, wouldn't, you won't get emotional. Um, but that's not the main driving force of my Christianity. Sometimes I'll wake up one morning and not feel saved. Have you ever, have you ever felt that before? Just the way that you're, you know, if you're out of fellowship with the Lord, hey, I, if I'm out of fellowship with God, I'm not going to feel saved all the time. Um, and a lot of times it, it, it's the Holy Spirit convicting me. But if I went off of that feeling all the time, I'd be, I'd be a mess, an emotional mess all the time. Just because it's like, well, one moment I don't feel saved, one moment I do feel saved. And um, you, you can't live your Christian life like that. You've got to be sure of that, those things. Being confident in this very thing, Paul said. Um, but it's not, it's word-based. We have the very words of God, fact, faith, and feeling, right? We have the fact. We have the words of God. Um, and then you put your faith in that fact, and that will produce a feeling. But, it's, but you never want to mix those things up. And that's why so many Christians um, find themselves um, just going in the, the merry-go-round of life. They're just never never excelling, never going further with the Lord. And it's because they, they can't get over the, the, the feeling part of it. Um, I, know, I know some people that, that are just super ultra-emotional about everything. And these are, these are men that are just over-emotional. And the, the moment that something happens in their life, they're ready to give up, throw in the towel, ready to quit, ready to uh, you know, just leave everything and give up. Um, and it's because they haven't put, placed their complete faith in that word of God doesn't mean they're not saved. It just means that they, they're, they're mixing those things up. Um, Spurgeon, uh, getting back on, on track here, um, Charles Spurgeon said, when your heart is full of Christ, you will want to sing. You ever, been, you ever been, had a really good church service and the Lord shows up and, you, man, you just you get so excited. And you get so happy and you just start to sing. I, uh, I hear, I, I think it's Mrs. Rife. Sometimes that she'll, you'll hear, hear her whistling um, different hymns. And it's because there's a song in her heart, right? There, the, you know, when you're, when you're happy, you know, the, like the song goes, I sing because I'm happy, right? Um, when you're happy, there will be some kind of melody coming out. Even if you can't sing, even if you can't uh, whistle, even if you can't do any of those things, uh, you'll still have that desire in your heart even to listen to those things as well. It's important that you, you have a good... Um, good uh, you know, list, playlist of music on your phone, uh, in your car. All, I, I actually annoy Jesse sometimes. I listen to a lot of music pretty much on a loop all the time. And you know, sometimes Jesse, she likes to read and likes to do other things. So when I'm blaring music, she just, she's like, go to another room, please. <laughs> and it's not because she doesn't like it. It's just because um, she's trying to do something else. But I, I, I like to listen to music all the time because it keeps my mind where it ought to be. Listening to preaching um, when you can it keeps your mind where, where it ought to be. Um, you know, because if I didn't have, you know, like I said, the, the music, it teaches you something. Um, but First Samuel, um, you know, and also, uh, well, Colossians, um, it talks about psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, uh, or Ephesians, um, sing with grace in your hearts and then uh, has melody in your, uh, sing with melody in your hearts to the Lord. Um, so, the music, it should have a, a singable melody to it. Um, I think of a lot of churches that, uh, that we were talking about that have um, the contemporary music going in, and sometimes they, you know, they sing songs that's like, man, I'd, you know, I'd, I might be able to pick it up being a musician, but a lot of people aren't going to be able to sing those things. Um, it's just not, you know, even, even, in, um, even if it's good music, um, you ought to make sure that it's something that we all, we all could sing together. Um, you know, if, if we were to learn a new hymn tonight, it would, hymns are real easy to learn. Um, just the way that the style that they're written, the timing signatures and all, the, all those things. Hymns are real. You could learn a hymn uh, after a few goes. Um, but there's some songs that people sing, like they're way up here and then they're way down here. And it's just there's, there's bridges and all those. And, and it's just, you know, it's hard for people to uh, follow along with that. 
But here, um, we're going to really see the, the types of power that, that, the, that music has. In 1 uh, Samuel chapter 15, and uh, I'm, I'm almost done here, um, but it says in um, verse number 14 of 1 Samuel 15, But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servants said unto him, Behold now, an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. Let our, our Lord now command um, thy servants which are before thee to seek out a man who is a cunning player on, the harp, on an harp. And it shall come to pass when the evil spirit from God is upon thee that he shall play with his hand and thou shalt be well. And Saul said unto his servants, Provide me now a man that can play well and bring him unto me. And I know it's real interesting to note this, that he didn't, ask, he didn't say, provide me now a man that could, that could preach well. He didn't say, provide me now a man that could read well, read me the word of God. He said, provide me a man that could play. He wanted someone that could play music. And, and, and not to, don't get it confused, uh, music isn't more important than preaching, and music isn't more important um, than reading the word of God. But there, there are times where you need music. There was an evil spirit that he said, I need someone to play well. Why? Because that music was able to drive the evil spirit away. And uh, the first thing I want you to notice is, is um, music, it has a physical power to it. Um, if we look um, a little bit down, you know, he, he finds David, and it says, And it came to pass, uh, when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul, that David took a harp and played with his hand. So Saul was refreshed. Music, first of all, has physical power. Physical power. That word refresh, it just means to, to breathe freely. Um, there's, there's some music, like we were talking, I was talking about earlier, that you, you listen to it, you know, if it's rock or that rap music, whatever, it, it gets you anxious. Um, but this music, it, it, it refreshed Saul. Um, he, he was able to breathe freely. Music you know, music starts with sound. It's physical. It's physical. You know, you, you play the sound, it goes into your ear. That, that's a physical thing. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever been to football games or, or some kind of sporting events, um, but there's, there's nothing like being at like a college football game or basketball game, and, and you hear the, there's like a marching band there, and you hear those, that drum line going, and you hear the, the orchestra or the, the um, band, uh, marching band there, and it, it creates a, a physical response from you. You just feel like, yes, we want to win, right? It, it just it gets you excited about that, that team. Um, Noah, uh, Noah got me, me and him tickets to, uh, to go see um, the Steelers and the Bengals play a few years back, and we went, went there um, to Cincinnati. And, um, you know, the, it was amazing how the, the music there um, just energized the crowd. Um, it just it just got them stirred up, and not to say that it was bad music or good music being played. It was just the the type of music. It, it had a physical response. We had a physical response or a physical uh, 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 you know emotion to that um, when it was being played. It just gets you excited, gets you riled up. You're not going to play some kind of a, a classical song. To, you know that you you see the um, there was oh I forget um, it was with Temple Christian when I played basketball there. They would. They'd play the song, and I know this is, this is wicked and, and wrong, but they played Eye of the Tiger before we, you know, Temple Christian Tigers. They'd play that song before we went out and, and um, you know, went around, you know, yeah, and everyone's cheering. And that music produced that, that you know, physical response. Um, you know, it might not be a good thing, but, that, but that's just how it is. Um, you think of, uh, you know, uh, how about Disney, right? Is, is there anyone who has not heard a Disney song before? Amen. <laughs> um, you know, you get Disney songs stuck in your head. I think of one that, that let it go. I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> but uh, but those, those songs get stuck in your head, and you got to, and, you know, I'm not, not saying that, that, you know, Disney's wrong, but you got to look at what, what Disney's trying to produce. It's, it's producing some kind of a feeling or emotion. You look at the storyline as well. You have, um, it's usually about someone's kid, who, you know, the parents are, are holding them back and they can't, you know, Finding Nemo, 
You know, his, his, dad, his dad is afraid of everything, and he's like, Nemo, you can't go away from the enemy. You can't go past the reef there. And, and Nemo rebels against his dad, right? And he goes out there, and, and he gets taken away by a uh, deep-sea diver, and his dad goes after him. And then at the very end, his dad realizes, oh, maybe I should have given him more freedom, <laughs> right? And, and, but but that's, how, that's how they're conditioning people, like, hey, it's, it's all right to be yourself. It's all right to get away from your, your parents. <laughs> I mean, and Nemo never did that. With, like, Nemo didn't really cause me to rebel or anything. There's other reasons I did <laughs> as a kid. And I'm not saying that. But, but you know, same thing with, you know, let it go. There, there's something, you know, can't hold it back, you know, uh, things like that. And, and you've got to watch those things because Disney uses music to get the, their point across. Um, and this is important to note here. There were uh, Disney executives um, admit they are pushing a not-at-all-secret gay agenda, actively removing gendered greetings and a whole lot more. That's uh, from a, um, I don't know if you guys heard about that. Um, but you got to, re- I mean, we, we have kids that we want to see grow up and serve God. And I'm not saying to never watch Disney. I'm not, that's not my point tonight. But you got to pay attention to what your kids are watching and what is going before their eyes. Because just, just because you say, hey, uh, the gay, to be gay is wrong, all right? And they spend hours watching Disney, and Disney's going to, uh, here, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll read some of this. It says, it is becoming more clear why LGBT uh, activists are angered at the idea of having less access to your children. Um, let's, there was the war between uh, Disney and the state of Florida. I won't go into that. Um, but it says during, and I, and I watched this, this video as well, it says during a v- virtual staff meeting among Disney employees and executives, executive producer Latoya Ravineau um, and president of G- Disney General uh, Entertainment Content, Carrie Burke, and others admitted to having a not-so-secret agenda to push gay and queer content in programs targeted to children. In a video of the meeting that was obtained by journalist Christopher Rufo, Burke spoke on how important it was to have many, 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 many LGBT, I can't even say it, LGBTQIA characters in their stories as the mother of a, a transgender and pansexual children. Burke said, I am here as a mother of two queer children, actually, uh, one transgender t- child and a, a pansexual child, and as a leader, and that was the thing that really got me because I've heard so much from so many of my colleagues over the course of the last couple weeks in open forums and through emails and phone conversations. I feel a responsibility to speak, not just for myself, but for them. Um, but they, they go on to say that they're, they want to get these things across to your children. That's the whole, that's the whole point. And um, if you're not careful, um, they're, they're the ones that are going to uh, train your child. They're the ones that are going to train our, our children. Um, and, and the devil will get a hold of them at that age. Uh, and I've seen a lot of messed up kids that, you know, they're 9, 10, 11 years old. Not, not here, but um, just from the world. And, you know, you, and there, was, uh, there was someone uh, that came to, our, uh, came to the Iwana class. She doesn't come to church regularly or anything like that. But there was a little girl. I think she's about 10 or 11, but she was, she was questioning things that, like, I, I've never seen a, a young girl question like that, you know, and it was things about God that, you know, why is God so evil? Why, you know, why does, why does he um, allow these things to happen? Like, just, you could tell she's being taught this from somewhere. Um, but what you got to realize is, is uh, you know, there's more than just Disney that do this, but, you know, it's just like a, a it has it has physical power. That, that's what music does, and they're going to use that music to to give you their agenda. Uh, you got to watch those things, and it's not just kids; it's adults. There's things that are going to be portrayed to us, things that we allow to come into our eyes and our minds that we need to make sure that we're um, being cleansed, uh, you know, from the from the blood of Jesus Christ on a day to day basis. That we're we're guarding ourselves. The Bible says, "Be sober, be be vigilant." If you're not doing that, uh, you, you wonder why, you know, why do why am I not, or, or why am I struggling with this sin, or why am I uh, not getting closer to God, or what, you know, what's going on? Maybe maybe you should take a look at the music you listen to. And sometimes you go through some things in life where you don't, uh, we don't listen to music at all. 
because you're, you know, the Bible says in that uh, in the Old Testament, how could we sing the song of uh, the, or the song of Zion in a strange land, right? You, you find yourself in a dark place in your life. Sometimes you won't want to listen to music, and uh, that that's an indicator of your your spiritual walk. And moving right along, um, but so so music is powerful. Um, we all have we all have a heart, right? So our heart has a, a rhythmic beat. Um, it, you know, we're, we're we have rhythm in us. Um, go to go to John chapter seven. John chapter seven. I promise I'm almost done here. But I, I believe this is really important. John chapter seven. In uh, verse number thirty-eight. He said, uh, He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And um, that we get that, that's where we get rhythm from, flow, that, that word flow. Um, so internal rhythm, it's a sign of life, um, sign of spiritual life. So music doesn't only have physical power, music has uh, emotional power as well. Um, you don't have to go back there, but it says um, in 1 Samuel 15 that, that uh, he was well. Um, there was emotional stability in, in Saul um, after David played on the harp. And, and notice that David didn't play, or David didn't sing anything. He played it. It was, it was a language. It, it spoke to him. Um, I'm going to place, I, I don't know where to do stuff like this, but if, if I were to play this here, wouldn't you say that there's there's a strain there in the music? And um, anyone hear of uh, John Williams before? Um, he he uh, did Star Wars and a lot of uh, really popular movies. But he took that these two chords here, and um, you know, just imagine yourself on a beach. You you have to watch your kids; they're swimming in the water, right? And you all of a sudden hear this song. Get out of the water! <laughs> <laughs> but you hear that, and, he, and, and John Williams, in my opinion, he was a genius with how he, how he created music, but he harnessed that inerrant emotional tension of those two notes and made it into something that's just in our subconscious <laughs> all the time when we, when we think of a shark attack or anything, you know, uh, that's, that's what he did. But it, music, it tells us things. Um, you know, it... it um, so I think it's important that we should desire to want to know more about how music influences us. What does it do to us? How does it uh, affect us physically? How does it affect me emotionally, right? Um, music has power to communicate things. That's why, you know, in movies, if it didn't have music, we probably wouldn't be watching movies because it, it creates, you have, a, have that tug, you know, they know exactly, those composers know exactly how to, what music to, to play to get your heart um, set on that character or whatever they're trying to, to tell you there. Um, there was a, there was a uh, producer that uh, he, or an actor coach, and he was trying to, he, he was saying that he used to just have to try to explain how, to, how an actor should do their role, but now he'll just play music and say, hey, this is the feeling we're trying to get, and the actors pick up on that. Um, so music has that, it has that emotional power, it communicates. Um, and then music has uh, spiritual power, right? It has spiritual power. It says in, in 1 Samuel 15 that the evil spirit departed from Saul. Um, so that, that goes to say if there's music that could drive evil spirits away, that, that, then there's probably music that could draw evil spirits to you. Um, and that's, that's another reason why we sing here at this church is because the congregational singing and the specials, that could drive the spirits out, those evil spirits out. And uh, it's not, you know, getting, getting all spooky and, and stuff like that. But there, you know, there's things that if we were able to see them right now that are, that's going on around us, we would probably pass out and die <laughs> because of the, the spiritual influence that, that's all around us. Um, let's see here. And then uh, we'll just we'll close uh, with Colossians uh, 3 again. We'll just go back to that. Or actually, I apologize. Second Corinthians six. Second Corinthians six. Verse 
Music has spiritual power. So that goes to say, here in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number, uh, actually, let's go ahead and look at verse number 14. But be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath, hath uh, Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And you look at that word there, concord, um, it's, it's a symphonic or symphony. That's where we get harmony from. So basically, he's saying here, what, what business would Jesus and the devil have singing a duet together? There's no, there's, what concord hath, hath Christ Belial? It doesn't go together. And that's, that's what's very important when it comes to spirit, uh, Christian music is if you're using the world's music and you're using uh, godly lyrics, um, those, those things can't mix. You can't, you can't do those. Th- you can't take what the devil uses and then say, oh, now it's Christian because I, I have good words to it, right? So there, there's no business doing that. You know, pastor, he's a, a really good electrician. And, you know, I, I'm not an electrician, but I, I know, you know, I, I don't go around to outlets with a fork and stick, <laughs> stick it in there. Why? Because I know that I'm, it's powerful, it's powerful. You don't, like I said, you don't have to be a musician in order to know that music is powerful, and music will dictate your relationship with God. And uh, you ought to, you ought to respect that and, and want to know more about it. Um, music, and, and this is the last thing I'll, I'll do here. Um, music has the power to shape the meaning of words. Music has the power to shape the meaning of words. Married men in here. Does voice of tone or tone of voice matter? If, if it does, say amen. Amen. <laughs> amen. Um, so if I, were, if I were to go you know, up to my wife and say, I love you, <laughs> right? If I were to go up to my wife and say it like that, do you think she would receive it well? Probably not. And when I come to, I'd probably have to apologize to her. <laughs> But no, you know, you say that. I think of um, uh, that movie, Home Alone, where uh, Kevin McAllister's in the hotel room and and the the people working at the hotel kind of catch on to, well, maybe this kid's alone. And they go in there and he plays that that, uh, old movie and and he says, uh, get down on your knees and tell me you love me. (laughs) And they get down and they're like, we love you. And it was, it was you know, it's sarcastic. And there's, there's just this one song that's a very, it sounded very sarcastic. Um, I don't know who sings it. I'm not going to tell, uh, you know, give you any of those, that information. But the, it, it said, um, I love it when you whisper. <laughs> and it's like, what? It's like, that doesn't make any sense. It's very, it contradicts, those words contradict it. It's sarcastic. Um, so, and then here, here's another illustration, and I, I, I'm already embarrassed myself enough, so, <laughs> so you, you say something like this in, in this tone of voice, I love God, or God is holy, or I believe in God, does that sound like worship, the way that I said that? So what if I were to... Just stretch it out a little bit. God is holy. I believe in God. I just made a hit Christian song <laughs> of CCM. But, but you see that the way that Christian contemporary people sing, is very, it, it has that sarcastic tone to it. And um, it's, it's, it's not worship. It's not, it is worship, but it's not worshiping God. And... The how affects the what. Amen? The how affects the what. How you do things. How you're uh, ac- accurately representing God when you're singing. And I'm not going to, you know, get up here and, and sing in that kind of tone of voice, um, even though there are, you could go to any contemporary church, any, uh, lit, turn on WFCJ 93.7, Caleb, whatever uh, Music is out there on the radio, and you're going to hear people that did exactly what I did. And um, I'm telling you, I used to, I grew up in Christian rock music, and and 
I praise God that my parents saw, saw that that stuff was wrong and, and we, we, we changed and things like that. And, um, you know, uh, Dad, I hope you don't mind me telling, you, telling this, but there was a time I was, what, two or three years old, and I was singing Eddie Money uh, lyrics. And one day um, my grandpa had come over and uh, this, you know, um, he told my dad, he's like, man, you know, looks like he has a, has a thing for music, but, you know, unfortunately it's, it's not the right kind. And my dad immediately, he's like, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to let him listen to that anymore. But, um, but there, there's things where it, you got to, when we play, especially as musicians, we're representing God. And our, our method of delivery will affect the message of the music. Um, and the music style, it, it's, it's attitude. Now, we're not getting up here, and, and when musicians get up here and sing, it's not, it's not to, you know, this is, you know, my talent, and this is all, you know, lifting ourselves up. No, it should be to glorify God. Um, but back in, in Colossians 3, I don't have to go there, but it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. In order for that word of Christ to dwell, to stay there, you're, it, it, has to, it has to do with music. And you have to have the right music. And, you know, tonight I didn't mention any, any uh, groups I didn't mention anything like that. That's, that's not what this was about. I didn't go in. I could go into the, the rhythm and the beat and how everything, but we don't need it. What does the Bible say, right? That's what we looked at tonight. It's exactly what the Bible says about music and how important it actually is. And there are, so, like I said, there are so many other things um, that the Bible says about music that we can't touch in one night. But uh, I hope that was a help to you. Um, you know, and, and, and it's just a good thing to get Get a hold of good music, good godly music that will, that will teach you and edify you and uh, draw you closer to God.